0: You're listening to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. Join us on Discord. Welcome, everybody, to the 1208 Bit Nerd Church podcast. I'm Jamin.
1: And I'm Tylar.
0: And we saw opening night, Thursday night, just like old pre COVID times.
1: Yes. Uh, we Thank saw Black Lord.
0: Widow. Yeah. And so many of you thought we were here to talk about Fast and Furious Nine, but no. <laughs> oh. Weird. Oh, Tyler's already. I can see his, <laughs> his feelings on Fast and Furious Nine already. Uh, but yes we sat through an unair conditioned lazy boy leather seat room for a good hour or two to watch black widow and as usual on the nerd church podcast we'll talk about uh, the movie a little bit but also some of the spiritual takeaways or where the conversation could lead not entirely sure on this episode so let's see what happens
1: yeah honestly like i thought it was an awesome, uh, awesome ride for a, for a movie that I was expecting to be kind of boring since the stakes were kind of gone. You know, there like, there wasn't anything. Um, I saw a few posts on Facebook where people were feeling the exact same way. You know, they're like, I don't know, you know, we're going back in time a little bit to, you know, just after civil war. Um, so this is before, you know, end game where some end game stuff happens and it, it's like, okay, well, the snakes are kind of like she's going to be alive in, in uh, Infinity War. We know that. Um, so she's not going to like die here. So there's no stakes on that ground. But I think they set up a good, just to kind of like talk a little bit more about the movie. I, I think they set up a really good um, like reason why we should care about what's happening in the movie. Um, and fortunately, that ties into the Fast and Furious stuff. It's all about family. <laughs> it's all about family so i mean even this movie uh couldn't get past uh the fast and furious memes uh that have been going through facebook uh it was all about family all about meeting uh the what was uh the dad's superhero name it was the red um oh I've got it pulled up <laughs> he's the red dragon
0: <laughs> uh no, oh, no, no, because I called him a few things as jokes throughout. I don't remember which one was the right name.
1: Yeah, I'm getting them confused too, but it's like the red, not star. Oh well, but uh, you got like his <laughs> his comedy throughout the entire thing was just spectacular. Um, but also, it had some really good bonding moments between the characters that made it feel like they were family. Like um, even though they had only been together for a few years, kind of a thing. And I don't know, it, it just really honestly um i we make memes about like fast and the furious family stuff to where it's just like a joke like yeah you know Sauron's strong but not as strong as family um to where this movie i feel like actually had like a reason to say things like that had a reason to bring up like yeah this is this is powerful, but um you know family is is something that needs to be focused on, and it's a very important aspect of like the movie uh I really loved uh the acting in it it's a more, it's a marvel movie, but honestly it felt and my wife and I were kind of talking about this, and I wanted to hear maybe what your thoughts were is it felt like a marvel like end of phase two movie, not like a phase three or phase four um marvel movie um it felt like you know winter soldier is at its peak the spy the spying the double crossing all that kind of stuff was back on it felt like that that was like the main point that i like i felt i don't know if you were like into marvel enough to know when the phases begin and end but um i don't know have you did you like experience any like anything like making you think like this doesn't feel like a phase four movie or
0: uh Yeah, I mean, I was similar to you going into it. I was like, is this movie even going to matter? Because, like, spoiler alert, she's dead in the, like, overall (laughs) story story. (laughs) So it's like, why are we telling a story where we all know it ends? And I figured if they were going to tell this story that we're meeting other characters that we're going to carry on into the next phase. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, they didn't give much attention to Black Widow ever throughout the Avengers movies. She... Mm -hmm so when they killed her it felt like i know this is supposed to be like very moving but like we still don't really know who this person is to <laughs> connect enough to know like why this matters and that was one thing that this movie did was like make her explosively important like explosively oh yeah is probably the right word too
1: there's
0: <laughs> so many explosions but like they make her very important i now like as a character like Feel so. If I were to go back and watch, you know, uh, her death scene, it would be like, oh man, like why'd you have to take, take this character, you know, like, yeah. And now she serves like a purpose to the overall. Not that her death wasn't important, but they never developed her enough. It felt like a cheap shot to just like get rid of someone that they never focused on. So, yeah, uh, I yeah, I could I could see how it feels like kind of ending. The old uh, kind of level of stories and getting ready to move into the new ones, but at the same time, I imagine Taskmaster is going to show up again at some point. I imagine. Oh, I all hope. Those are going to show up because uh, they they de bad guide Taskmaster way quicker than I was expecting. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't even know if they're not a bad guy, but by the end of the movie, you know they they at least like get rid of the mind control which is what i'll i'll get a bit more into a little bit later after you've some of your themes but
1: i actually wanted to talk a little bit more about taskmaster so that's a great transition actually Mm because uh taskmaster in the comics um is similar but different in a lot of ways from the taskmaster girl no okay no she's a man um in the comics, Taskmaster is just a guy who has the ability to copy, like any move set that somebody has. So, like, it, he can. And he's like a little strong. Like, it's not like he could take on like Thanos, like in hand to hand combat and like win at all. Um, he's more of like a he'll he'll be an annoyance for someone like Spider Man uh, before he has to take on someone like Doc Ock or something.
0: Which sounds like the exact character from the DC universe. <laughs> in that Batman game I was playing, there's always someone who knew how to mimic you
1: perfectly. Do we yep. ever figure out their name? I'm pretty sure you're talking about Deadshot, but I'm not one hundred percent certain. That, that could be it. All right, continue. I was just curious. Look
0: that up really quick. I'll look it up while you keep talking.
1: Okay. Um so I wanted like with Taskmaster and like who they were in the comics, they were just kind of like a, a general like they were a little bit stronger of a human being who had the ability to mimic fighting styles and he often fought like captain america and would mimic like the shield fighting style but also would use his sword fighting style a lot and um You know, he was known for having a a skull like for a face kind of a thing, and it was terrifying. Um, But he was also known for being like very analytical. So if he was going to be used in um, as a larger villain uh, for like the against the Avengers, because he would be you know an annoyance for the Avengers for sure. uh, He would be an analytical analytical person who wouldn't necessarily step into a fight unless he needed to, kind of a thing. And then when he did step into a fight, he was still strong enough to be able to hold his own against some of the superheroes for a bit. Um, so he was a good villain in that sense. Uh, but I think black widow's taskmaster is one super strong, like good Lord. I was terrified of, uh, of that taskmaster because she was taking on, uh, the super, super strength, super enhanced, uh, red comet or something. I don't know. Red dragon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) he was taking on, uh, that guy, like in win and winning, um, against a an enhanced being, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so it made Taskmaster a little bit stronger than uh than he would have been in the comics. So that made me really happy. Uh, just to be able to you know get moments where Taskmaster's being you know super awesome and just taking people out. um Red Guardian, but, by the way. Red guardian that is that's what it is that makes sense um, so you know that's why a lot of the time um yeah and just kind of get into like who this taskmaster is she's very she's super powerful, she's a little bit more like of a weapon than she is like a person with like choices that she can make, so I'm wondering if she's going to be able to keep the same. Abilities because it seems like the Black Widows didn't lose their ability to fight and stuff like that when they lost their mind control, right? So, I'm interested to see if Taskmaster is now because, like, in the Avengers, uh, he became like a hired hand um, for like training people and how to fight. So, I'm wondering if he's going to become, or if she's going to become maybe a like potentially an Avenger um, that's a super that's an enhanced person that has the ability to like teach other incoming people like different fighting styles and stuff like that. Um, that'd be a really cool way to go with, with the character. Um, but like when I was watching the movie, I, I think one of the biggest impacts I had like on my like heart from it was that moment, uh those moments with Taskmaster. Um it's it was really hard to watch someone um taskmaster really all of the people in this when it comes to like mind control and stuff like that and uh in the beginning we saw like a lot of like human trafficking um going on and stuff like that which was like huge moments of like it it really sat heavy on my heart and like my wife was even like i just i did not want to watch that those scenes um it just was it became really real and for a marvel movie honestly i don't know if we've ever seen marvel like be that obvious about like human trafficking um they've they've definitely alluded to things previously but this like showed it um in in a way that it it happens in the real world um with having like a a cart like a one of those large ship cargo like containers with people inside of them and i i think it just really kind of called back to some of the things that i learned in college about human trafficking and uh, and spoke to what these women were going through in a way that I probably wouldn't have felt the same if they didn't make that illusion. Um, if I didn't make that connection of like these black widows are basically just trafficked trafficked girls um, okay. that are you know taken off the street, taken um, from their parents, maybe even paid. Like in when I was in Cambodia, um, one of the hardest things that I had to learn was that people were uh, allowing their children. To go into these kinds of situations, and they were getting paid for it. Um, and the reason for that is, is it's systematic. You know, um, these these parents were put in very terrible situations um, where they had to choose. You know, hey, you know, send your daughter into this into this terrible situation, this terrible circumstance, or you'll all die because you don't have food. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what choice are you giving them at that point um, as, a, as a system, you know? And I, I look back at American systems and this different types of systematic injustice that happens here in my country. Um, and I have to say, you know, this kind of reminded me of the justice that we need to fight for um, every day and the justice that God kind of calls us to like really hone in on and, and call for a a righteous justice, not something that's just – um, that's coming because I want to, you know, spite somebody else, but because there is serious injustice happening when it comes to um, when it comes to human trafficking, even especially in America during things like the Super Bowl, during big um, Comic Con events and stuff like that. So even in the nerd world that we live in, um, moments where children are taken from their families uh, is, is still um, way too prominent, and it shouldn't be. Uh, And and so that just kind of sat in my heart the entire time when I was watching this and rethinking about it was just um, the work that still needs to be done for the um, children that are taken and being trafficked.
0: Yeah, when the movie started off, that was very, very, that intro, basically the opening credits is, I couldn't tell what footage was real, what was acting, what was... news clips from actual life and things like that and uh when it moved the direction of they're all just being used for this like mind control project i guess it like took me out of that again but when it starts it it was like i didn't want to look at the screen and i've studied a lot on that topic i've tried to work with coalitions around jackson to work on it and it's hard enough just to convince americans that human trafficking is real and is here mm-hmm. i know we've gotten like different rules set up even just in our city new ordinances trying to like stop yeah. human trafficking in the ways in which it manifests today in massage parlors and things like that uh like so many comments on these new ordinances we're like you guys are idiots you think this is real blah 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 you know it's like man even when we're making progress suddenly it's just painted as like a fantasy of like we're making this stuff up and nobody studied i think you look at the peak of what we recently saw just a few months ago with uh, a man going into asian massage parlors and shooting all these people and killing them like these were already human trafficked people forced to do you favors that never wanted to no. and Outside of that oppression, you then upped it even more and went and shot them down, thinking that they were the 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 oppressors. Like, you were oppressing them. You were using them. And it's just, it's grotesque how out of sync we are with not being able to, to see that stuff. Uh, and that's going on in all different corners. Like, look, a billboard of a massage yeah. parlor. Open till 2 in the morning. Does that make any sense to you? No. Of course we know what's going on here. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's been said many times, uh, recent statistics, that slavery is more present in the world today than it ever has been. Uh, It just took on another form, and we're not paying attention to it. So, man, if we go that route, I can talk forever. I guess I just... (laughs) And I feel like, you know, they eventually just kind of focused on we're using them in more of like a spy kind of way.
1: Uh, well, I, I think that it kind of even alludes to what you were talking about in the movie, like they're being used. Um, like at first it was just kind of like a um, like manipulation kind of a thing. Like they would use like psychotherapy Um You know, and like pseudoscience psychotherapy, like it's it's a it's still a fake story, guys. Um, They would use pseudoscience psychotherapy to be able to like control people. But now they have like actual ways of manipulating brain chemistry. Um, And I think it spoke it speaks to when people are coming out of those situations where they're being trafficked and stuff like that. uh, They had to live in a body that they kind of had to turn off a lot of the time. They had to turn off their mind to what was happening to them. Um, and she kind of explains in the movie, like, I still don't know what was me and what was being controlled, you know? And and I think that it it speaks to the abuse that these people that are being trafficked are experiencing. And and I think that, um, I, I, well, even if it was unintentional, um, which I don't think it was because there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of empowerment for for women and speaking to the types of ways that women have been um, manipulated, hurt, and taken advantage of, especially in um, American and Russian societies. Uh, So it was, it was very powerful to be able to hear their stories kind of told in a, in a, in a superhero movie. It's a story about people who have been trafficked and been abused, um, turning around and becoming superheroes, Um, which, you know, if that doesn't, if that isn't a redeeming thing, um, if that isn't something that is how powerful, um, I, I don't really know what it is, you know.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned here, like them just like turning their minds off to what's happening, and I think we've all experienced this, and not necessarily to that degree, yeah. but yeah. we've all experienced what uh, is called disassociation in some ways. So, like primary example, everyone's probably experienced this. You're on a long drive, and then you're there. And you don't remember driving through several areas. You can't even recall, like, the billboards. You just went through, like, under two bridges, and you were there. That That's unusual. You know, there's times where the drive takes forever. And then there's times where, like, I remember I was driving home from Dearborn to Spring Arbor. So that's like mm-hmm. an hour, hour and a half. And, like, I got to Spring Arbor, and I thought back to the last thing I could remember, and it was Chelsea, which was 30, 40 minutes ago. That's that's disassociation at that its, like, most basic. You're mowing the lawn is another example I've heard. You're bored, and then suddenly you're like, oh, I only have to mow one more thing. It's like uh, you just – your brain's doing other things to try to uh, – help you along in this boring process if you will Mm -hmm. um that happens with trauma uh it's like a personal mind control um to like an incredible level that's what split personalities actually often are so uh and discovering mercy is a organization that works with people with especially high trauma i'm taking a lot of this from their web page yeah but they talk about like split personalities that's often based off of trauma it's like a your brain this horrible thing is happening at home you've been through so much trauma that your body and this is part of like almost the way god has built your brain to like protect itself it will create another person who's going through that so that it can do that stuff like it can it it goes through that instead of like you, and then Mm -hmm. you go to school and this other person learns the ABCs, learns all this stuff and keeps moving through this. And now you have these two people that your brain has built so that you can like handle this horrible atrocity as like a person, you know, and some people get several split personalities just based on the different things that they've been through. And so sometimes uh, this gets confusing from a spiritual perspective because we also run into like sometimes when you're casting out a demon, you're dealing with what looks like split personality, but it's a spiritual entity and then you. But then you also have the scientific side of things where it's like you, you, you and you, you know, it's like uh, these your brain trying to sort it out because God did not create people to go through these messes. So disassociation. Yeah, sometimes it deals with your boredom and things like that, but other times it's dealing with the trauma. Trauma. It's a defense mechanism to try to Mm -hmm. help people through it. And so people who have that, like, it takes experts, you know, who have, and in this case, Discovering Mercy uh, is the organization who have done a lot of this, trying to help people kind of Mm -hmm. find wholeness again and sort through that. And that takes some really trained individuals uh to to really help you through that so that's almost like a personal mind control of sorts that we don't even understand is happening uh but a defense mechanism
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um over to you yeah
1: well i was just about to say um there is uh in jackson michigan if you were suffering from any kind of like domestic abuse or anything like that um there is like the aware um house and everything like that um they deal with things so if you wanted to look up aware and anything you need to talk to somebody um or you needed some help on that kind of stuff uh just to bring aware up to make sure that you're aware of it um there's the aware house so or aware incorporated so call them get in contact with them if there's anything like that um just want to make sure that you had somewhere to go
0: yeah and i do run into this a lot of times when i'm trying to coach people who have been through trauma and victims i understand everyone's like i i don't want to go there i'm not going to go there i'm not going to go there i will go through anything else i run into the same thing with homelessness uh Mm -hmm. i'm not going to the shelter not going to shelter i will sleep outside i will sleep in a car i'll sleep anywhere else Um, These organizations are here to help you and I understand to some extent obviously I'm not in the same situation as you but like that was me with therapy like the therapy often has like a stigma that we've all like I don't want to be that person I don't want to need help I don't want someone to you know a lot of us have been there and I don't want to tell someone my problems. I don't want to get into this stuff. And that was mm-hmm. kind of me with therapy for a while until someone was like, Jim, you really need to go get this. I was like, but I don't want to, I don't want to be that. Like, it's not that I don't think I need it. I just don't want to tell someone about my stuff, you know? And yeah. uh, so we have all been to that point where it's like, I know I need it, but I don't want it. I will do anything else. And the only thing that, that eventually gets you over that hook is just saying, okay, I need to do this. Uh, so the aware shelter, if you are dealing with abuse, go there. They're going, they are experts. They know how to help you. I know these people. I go to meetings with them. Um, the, the people at the homeless shelter, they are experts. They bring in people who are trying not just to give you a place to stay, but to get you back on your feet, uh, find housing for you, things like that. So, Let's, you know, rely on the organizations that have literally spent hours trying to figure out how to help us. And Discovering Mercy, if you are dealing with, like, especially traumatic um, trauma, traumatic trauma. uh, Discovering Mercy, I think they do online stuff at this point, too, as they've kind of grown. Uh, Michael Heiser, my favorite Bible scholar, often brings the people who started this organization onto his... uh, podcast to do interviews and i think their are opening like video session is free so if you have gone through some especially traumatic stuff and you read through their web page and their bullet points sound like you that's another place that you could go as well discovering mercy.org um other other things you were going to say uh,
1: i was i was that was that was my uh, rant on on the movie yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you do want to learn a lot more about human trafficking because you don't know about it, uh, there are lots of great sources out there that are battling it and trying to bring people along board. In the Free Mm -hmm. Methodist Church, which is what we are, it's a set-free movement. Uh, They do have a hub based out of Spring Arbor, and they have set up a house here in Jackson for um, uh, young adults who are old enough to to move into such places uh, who will often be the victims of trafficking. Uh, they have houses for them and, and things like that. So Set Free is an organization you get a part of. Uh, churches all across our denomination partner with Set Free every year to do a, a Freedom Sunday. Um, and then we, we also have, uh, um, we've had some different coalitions come up over time. But if you've ever battled human trafficking, you always get to the point where it's like, okay, we've learned a lot. Now what do we do? Mm-hmm. And a lot of coalitions burn out at that point. They cannot get over that hump. So I'm not sure what coalition we currently have that that is working on that. But um, I think Set Free has made some strides in that in the past. Uh, so that. And then the movie, which... If the opening of Black Widow was too much, this movie is far beyond that, but very important. It's called Nefarious. It's a documentary mm-hmm. put out by uh, a group of people that I think are in some way based out of IHOP, not the pancakes, but International House of Prayer <laughs> uh, out in Kansas City, and uh, they've done a they made a spectacular documentary. But you're going to want to throw up the whole time you watch it. Uh, human trafficking is a disturbing topic, uh, but it's a Christian group that put that together, and they they throw all the punches um, okay, so I don't have much to say on this topic, but just getting into mind control type topics, you yeah. know we talked a little bit about that on our episode on zombies <laughs> <laughs> uh because we did one on zombies a while back, and when you look throughout history, the idea that like you've even seen this in marvel comics if you've read the zombie marvel comics is like it's not like a scientific oh we got a virus and got turned into zombies there's always like a pentagram across their chest and it's like yeah why why are we using zombies and witchcraft because enlightened america is usually zombies and viruses you know um but in old times uh zombie culture was based around witch doctors and basically using drugs to mind control people into, uh, doing meaningless tasks or being slaves more or less. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. someone has been judged, uh, to like, okay, you're, you're now going to be put into indentured servitude, get the witch doctor, put some drugs on them, make them susceptible to do whatever you tell them to do and get them to that state, mind control, more or less. Uh, That that right there is ancient witchcraft, was this mind control type stuff. (laughs) And people have still pursued that into today. It's just now we've kind of scientificized it, right? (laughs) Like when we look at a witch doctor using some kind of concoction of chemicals to induce someone into a susceptible state, we see drugs today pursuing drugs to do something similar. And we call it science. Whereas like this, this evil side of drugs would have been considered sorcery back in Bible times. Right. Um, So you see that with agencies like the CIA, there's been a lot of uncovering of things like, MK Ultra and you see a lot of Ultra. yeah you see a lot of different um TV shows and whatnot try to play off these <laughs> things like fringe obviously fringe is very sci-fi if you've ever watched it but they have it's a doctor who's gone too far who's done bad things and and has been experimenting on kids and doing all these different kinds of things and i actually felt when when i was watching black widow i'm like this is to some extent obviously it's sci-fi like we haven't gotten Mm -hmm. to these things floating in the sky with you know mind wiping centers but it's also based on a certain it feels like a, a level of truth that we have had organizations doing stuff like this in the past uh the cia uh, from what has kind of been uncovered is they they would uh, create different kinds of organizations and fund them uh, so that they could like do undercover work so like a guy who wanted to do a documentary on on the effects of of witchcraft in Africa or whatever and how it had this mind control effect on people CIA would then like make a organization or fund an organization that would then fund that guy to make the documentary. And that guy has no idea that he's been funded by the CIA, but the CIA wants to see like, (laughs) what is the outcome of this movie? What can we learn from it? You know, they're bringing Mm -hmm. in other people for uh, effects and doing what seems to be experiments on prisoners and things like that. You know, people that they can get their hands on like that feels like witchcraft. This is the abuse of, of people no matter what those people have done themselves it's abusive people uh, putting them in a susceptible states playing with their brains you know there's lots of these people who have lost their memories because they've been put through high high levels of electroshock therapy trying to see if yeah. they can reprogram uh, LSD being used on these people constantly to the point that like they're still horrified by the things that they've seen you know, it's just this Interweaving of using drugs to reprogram people, which since we're talking about Black Widow, is essentially what that whole movie was about. It's about human trafficking victims now being reprogrammed through the use of drugs to then make them susceptible to do whatever you say. And mm-hmm. from our perspective today, we're watching a movie about like wow, science at its crazy level of of afflicting the poor whereas in ancient standards if if like an ancient Israelite would have watched Black Widow I think they would have been like wow that was a crazy movie about witchcraft because <laughs> for them those would be similar themes so mm-hmm. I think it's important you know whether we're reframing for ourselves to understand or just trying to to think more widely as how the world would understand like movies like this do a good job at bringing about like social justice themes and, uh, the pursuit of satanic means to afflict someone else for your own benefit.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know, um, that witchcraft isn't like the way we kind of view it in America was like witches and like the Salem witch trials and like these like women were doing magic, and like casting these spells and stuff when witchcraft oftentimes in like ancient practice were um, drug dealers uh, to a, to a better degree. Uh, they were people that knew how to mix natural like substances together to create a desired effect on people. Uh, and scientifically, like we, we now understand what that means. And you were talking about like MK ultra, um, which, you know, it, I also want to make sure that people don't think that you know we're falling under the conspiracy part of MKUltra m k ultra and like going into the going down the rabbit hole, so um no, we're not playing into your conspiracy theory <laughs> um but um with MKUltra and everything, there were some things that the c i a was that was doing that was illegal so I, I, I completely think that it's um no witches were not pharmacist Casey they were they were more like drug dealers um they were like drug dealers who were creating, uh, like it was more like a person who was creating, um, psychoactive and, uh, and, um, what's the word for essentially like turning your mind off, um, so that you could, they could do things that people have reported, like people in the Himalayas, um, being under similar kind of zombie kind of effects, um, and which doctors living in like the Himalayan areas, uh, would actually, um do the same thing they would they would give people drugs and make them turn into um essentially husks of humans with no ability to think for themselves they just would wander um so people would think that there were zombies in like the himalayas and stuff like that um but it was really unfortunately people that had hippie pharmacists um casey said so hippie pharmacists and I, I don't even know how to respond to this guy anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> you bring up LSD, and all of a sudden everyone's a hippie. All right, everyone's
1: a hippie. Them, them commies. Um, them dang hippie communists. Uh, yeah. They, unfortunately, I I agree with you. Um, this movie did have very much like a a. Um, because I think we're talking about very similar organizations when you're talking about like Russian um, spies and Russian uh, intelligence agencies versus uh, the American intelligence agencies at the time of like the Cold War and stuff like that. They were very much so using old witch doctor practices to attempt to control people. And this is like the, this movie is like the what if scenario, like what if the Russians did find uh, a way to like physically control people through drugs, um, and not have to turn them into zombies to do it. Um, and that you know, it's interesting that we just framed that on
0: Russia in this movie. I mean, obviously this is like a Russian. Well, MK
1: Ultra, is CIA. Yeah, so, I know, uh,
0: and that's uh, and when I'm talking about MK Ultra, I'm mostly borrowing from. Bible scholar Michael Heiser, who has done a lot of other studies on this and knows what's crap and what's not, and yeah, mostly I watched a, uh, a short episode from a Canadian broadcast company. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working <laughs> off official, official like you know the information's been released not, stuff, yeah. not like weird things I found on the internet. Uh, but yeah, I mean when you look at our governments and like from the top we're trying to like how could we figure out how to for war purposes control people it's like okay so you're still pursuing the same stuff and then yeah putting putting all of your your thoughts into something that sounds very demonic like demonic themes are always about power always about taking control of people owning people and that's exactly what that kind of stuff is and so you know so it's always that's a whole nother rabbit trail we've already gone down it so Uh, but yeah I think this movie brought some interesting thoughts to light and did it in a way that was surprisingly well done when I was not expecting it at all. Yeah.
1: So. Again, I was really entertained uh, the entire way through. I think it was a really good movie. The first, the first part of the movie gets you into like the um, suffering that they had to go through. Um, the middle part of the movie really gets you into the family aspect of like delving deeper into what that family at the be- like the beginning, beginning before all of the intro sequence. Um, we get to see a family living in America, um, <laughs> um, but then being able to see them actually like turning into the people that love each other. And uh, you know, it's, it's a family that they didn't get to choose uh, throughout most of their life. And it's a family that they um, weren't born to, but it just so happens that, that during the time that they were able to spend together, they did end up actually falling into a loving family. And uh, that was just an awesome, awesome like take. And I, I really appreciated the, because like Black Widow in the comics had a lot more of like the double crossing, like spy movie kind of stuff, which is why they reference like James Bond and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I honestly, I appreciate this Black Widow so much more than I ever have a comic version of Black Widow, <laughs> um, just because her sense of like loyalty to people seems to, like, never change. Like, she is always so loyal and loving to her friends and to her family. And you can tell that she regrets, like, big decisions, especially when Loki um, brings up... Um, what's his name? Um, Loki actually says to uh, to Natasha in... Uh, back in the first Avengers movie, I think, uh, he says something like... Uh, I've got, she says, I've got red in my ledger and I'd like to wipe it out. Uh, and then Loki says, can you, can you wipe out that much red? Drakov's daughter. And, uh, you know, in that moment, like we didn't really know what that totally meant. Um, but in the movie, we got to finally see like, she kind of at that moment chose to um, become what uh, Drakov was and say that like, oh, well, the collateral damage is worth the, is worth you know the uh, the ending of a of a maniacal terrible person that controls people, and you know the decision probably came from a lot of her abuse, um, but I love that we got to see the redemption arc of her like fighting no matter what she was not going to leave Taskmaster behind she was not going to give up and let Taskmaster um, like die on that spaceship or mid mid-level spaceship. Um like she was going to even though Taskmaster was going to come, which is the daughter of Drakov. Um Taskmaster was going to come after her, was going to try to kill her. She was like I'm going to save you this time no matter how, like what risk it it puts me in. And it was just a really nice moment of somebody who got to uh redeem themselves and got to kind of take away that that pain that they've been feeling throughout all of the Marvel Marvel movies. If you're paying attention, whenever she gets a scene, she always talks about how she doesn't deserve um like praise, she doesn't deserve uh to be loved. She kind of like believes she really takes this death that she had caused to heart. Um so it was nice to be able to see her get some redemption, especially before her ultimate um sacrifice in in Endgame. Yep.
0: Yeah, and speaking of low key, I think we're hopping into that next week.
1: Is that? Yep. Make sure you watch it before. Yep. Make make sure you watch it before it's uh, it's over, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I can already tell from the first few episodes that there will be lots to talk about on free will, open theism, and so on and so forth. So, join us for that. Uh, Probably even when we do that episode, I'll throw up a chapter from one of my books on free will up on our discord channel so if you're not on our discord look for the link 1208greenwood.com slash 1208bit or you'll find the link on facebook as well and uh we can chat with you there otherwise thanks for uh checking this out and uh we will catch up with you next week as tylar leaves you with the gibberish of the day
1: knock the book to see you bye bye
0: everybody Sounded like a D and D language for a second there.
1: It did. Mm. <laughs>
0: Draconic, maybe. <laughs>